it's monica and it's jennifer welcome to a spooky chat podcast bonus i like to call them spooky sprinkles that makes me think of cupcakes <laughs> we are back in the austin public library i believe abandoned spaces is the is, is the last episode that we filmed before we move to the austin public library so this may be the first thing you hear and then after this you'll hear reincarnation and orbs this episode was super rough we have had this episode in the hopper for at least the last month. This has been a real rough one. The sound quality on it is awful. Yeah. And we recorded the bones of that episode the same time we did a different episode. The other episode sounds fucking amazing. I think it's because my cats weren't being butt faces. Well, <laughs> it wasn't just the cats, though. And Chris cooking. There were a bunch of extra vibrations that I could not get out of the recording. I could not get out. And also, we were trying to find the angle of how this episode's going to sound. Yeah. So we couldn't really piece together how we wanted this episode to sound, what we wanted it to say, what was going on. It's been super, and we didn't anticipate how emotional it would be as well. Yep. But I feel like we finally have the vibe of this episode. I think it's interesting that our friend had the story, and it's turned into something completely different than what we thought it would be. Yes. I guess let's see. You said you had more information? Yes. My friend who lives in my neighborhood told me a story of a house that is still for sale. So a month later, two months later, it's still for sale in our neighborhood. And I did some research, didn't find anything. So I decided I got to call in the big guns and I got to spend some money. So I paid a certain company. I won't mention the name right now to do some research for me. You can pay for one search or you can pay for a few searches. And I decided because I was unsure as to how this would play out, I decided to pay for a few searches to see how this is going to go. You pay a certain price and you put in addresses. It pops back everybody that's associated with your address. So not just people who have bought your home in the past, but also people who rented. And my grandparents rented their house. I put in the address of the house down the street from me. I put in my childhood address where I know my grandpa died in the house because I saw it happen. Mm -hmm. And I put in your dad's house that you mentioned at the end of the episode. Yep. And that you know people died in the house. Yeah. So we've got kind of two controls that we know the outcome for. And then one that we aren't sure of. Here's what we found. They give you a list of everybody that's associated with the house. And it seems to be people who bought the house, rented, or may have used that address for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. This is popping up people on the list that I hadn't even seen. So I'm looking at my childhood home. A lot of the people I recognize, I see my grandpa's name is there. So it's my grandma who is still living. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Happy birthday, grandma. Mm -hmm. Her birthday was maybe a few weeks ago as of when this comes out. And my aunt's. And my mom and my uncle, they're all on this list. I see them. There are a couple other people that I don't know. And then the people that I know because I did the property search that live in the house now. When I pull up Monica's, sorry, that's the paper shuffling. When I pull up the house that your dad used to live in and you used to live in, you're on the list because you were, were an adult. There. You got mail uh, there. I got mail there. I was after I lived there when I was 18. Okay. So then that's why. Okay, because I am not on my grandpa's list, 
But I didn't get mail there. I didn't, I was a child. But you're on this list. Your sister is on this list. And your grandparents are on this list. Oh, is that, so your dad, have you seen, you've seen the whole list, right? So your dad's on the list too? Oh, yeah, because I did, I sent you the screenshot. I took a picture and I sent it to you. So yes, everybody, your whole family's on this list, which is so crazy, right? And I have the whole list for the house down the street for me. And a few names I recognize because I did the search. Next to the names of people that have died, not necessarily in that property, there is an asterisk. Let me just say, that is the worst word in the language for someone with a lisp. Asterisk? Asterisk. Ah! Sorry. Double star. I call it double star. So there's an asterisk. It's fine. There is that symbol next to every person that has died. Anywhere. Yes, Not anywhere. necessarily there. Yes, there is a death. If there is a death certificate for that person, they are listed on here. Mm-hmm. There is an asterisk next to my grandpa's name. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't say he died in the house, but this is the report you get instantly. Right. There is also a death date listed below. There are several different people listed. So as of right now, I I can't give you anything other than that about that property. It just says person, death date, and then they're still working on it. Next to your dad's house, Mm -hmm. there are asterisks next to several different names. And of course, the one we expect will be your great grandma. So she is listed along with her death date. So on the list of the house that's down the street from me, next to all of these names, there is no asterisk. So either there is no recorded death for any of these people or they weren't, they were not able to find it. So as far as we know, that house down the street from me, as of right now, I don't see anybody that actually died, period. Not died in the house, but period. Well, I wonder how long it would take to get that information. I know that it would take a while for any sort of estate to be probated. Yes. So, and I don't know how long it takes to get a death certificate. Well, I have people on this list that are from the past five years. Oh, so it's not that long. It's not that long. If this happened before I moved into the house that I currently live in, then they should be listed. And they are not listed. Right now, the addresses that I typed in are open. This report's going to keep open for 30 days. So that means that this company or whoever is going to continue to do research on each of the names listed and try to figure out where that person died. In 30 days after I paid for this initial search... They should email me another listing of everyone that died and tell me where they died and if they died in that house. Right now, this is a week after I paid for this information. I don't have a confirmation at all that anybody died in this house. What I would recommend is if this is super important to you, as soon as you start putting in a bid on a house, go ahead and use this service for right now and it'll give you a listing by the time you guys get to closing which it takes a few weeks, I think it took us about a month or two, then um, you'll have that information by the time you're ready to sign paperwork. So as of right now, the house down the street, it doesn't show anybody that actually died there. So what does that mean for the story, do you think? I have read of instances where the breakup is so bad 
so bad that that's the reason that they give to people is they're dead to me. Dang. So it's a figure of speech. It could be. Oh, man. Um, I, I don't doubt that somebody harmed themselves in that house to the point where an ambulance came. Yeah. Because if the rest of that story is... True. Yes. You're in a state of mind where your relationship's about to break down. Everything that you know is about to end. This person completely broke your heart. I do not doubt that that person felt desperation in that relationship to the point where when they were found, someone had to call an ambulance. I don't doubt that at all because that that makes sense to me. They go off to the hospital and when they get out, rather than go back to that place where it happened, they just decide, you know what? This relationship's over anyway. We're done. I'm leaving. And nobody ever sees them again. So they may not have died, but I think that there were definitely circumstances that warranted them being put out like that. Well, and the person telling the story to our friend said there were ambulances. I mean, that doesn't seem like something you would make up, you know? Yes. Maybe something else happened. Yes. And it wasn't what we thought, but I just don't think that someone would make up, oh, there was ambulances outside the house. Yes. I think filling in blanks is something that people will do, you know? Yes. We don't know what happened. We're going to fill in the blanks. Yeah. What if the lady saw the ambulance outside, right. and as we said before, an ambulance doesn't come to pick up a dead body. The coroner's van comes to pick up a dead body. If you have an ambulance on scene, that means they think someone's still alive, and that person's going to go to the hospital. Right. So ambulance is on the scene. They know an ambulance is there. He's gone. He wakes up at the hospital. He's like, I don't ever want to talk to her again. Mm-hmm. What are her reasons? She may be too embarrassed to say, we're getting a divorce. She may be too embarrassed to say that he's leaving me. She may be too embarrassed to say he's leaving me and he hurt himself. And that may be one of the reasons why someone may have come up with this reason rather than what actually may have happened. And I'm still trying to figure out what actually did happen Mm -hmm. so that this doesn't remain in the air When we got to this point in this story, because we had already recorded the first part and we were thinking about the second part, I think that's when it dawned on us, this is how an urban legend gets started. Yeah. So now we're finally getting to the subject of urban legends, even though we're at the end of this episode. Yeah. Well, I feel like we have a lot of the traits of an urban legend, like a friend of a friend says that they saw this for sure. So it feels like there's a thread of truth even if we can't necessarily substantiate it 100%. Like, we want to believe that our friends of friends wouldn't just make something up, Yes. right? I definitely see how that could start, how it could grow from that. I feel like years from now, that story is still going to be in the neighborhood that it's in. Yes. Which is your neighborhood. Yes. Like, if you're, like you and your friend are always going to think, did someone commit suicide there? And the thing is, we live further into the neighborhood than other people who live right next to this house. What do the people that live next to the house think? Because there's people that have been there for a very long time and were probably there when all of that happened. Yeah. And I mean, what if they're actually the ones telling people, oh, this is what happened to your house. And that's why people aren't staying. Dang. I didn't think about that. But I also feel like if they were closer to the house, then there's a possibility that they would have been closer to the people living there, which means that there's a higher chance that they would know the truth. But if they're just saying, this is what happened, then it's 
completely possible that they're the ones who are scaring people off. When you're listening to a piece of a story or a piece of gossip, do you ever think about the words that people use in terms of this may or may not be true? Or, well, I thought she said, or, you know, those little words that people insert that... Helps to double speak to protect yourself in case it's not true. And yes. it's And it's like, those are the pieces that get lost... Every time you tell the story again and again, like the first person's like, well, I talked to the wife and this is what she said. Mm -hmm. And then the second person's like, oh, well, he died. Well, they didn't say I talked to the wife yeah. and this is what she said. Or like telephone. Yes, it is. It, this is how telephone works in the real world. Yeah. And he can't come forward. He's like, I don't even want to be there. Maybe. I don't know. To find out something that way that it sounds like he found out. Yeah. That's a hard thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then maybe people came to get his stuff out. And that's why they were like, oh, he died. Yeah. This is the beginning of an urban legend. And now it's already made the rounds. I'm at least the fifth or sixth person that probably heard this mm -hmm. from this, this line. I can only imagine anyone else that had been in that conversation. I hope that this was kind of interesting for people. It started off to be a real ghost story. And this is where we're, we're at. No one's died in that house. It could just be shitty management. Yeah. It could be shitty appliances. Here in where we live, some houses are on flat farmland, flat ranch land. Others, because of the rocky, hilly terrain, are built into hills. This may be... Now, my neighborhood, for the most part, is very flat. And we've got a creek. But there is a section kind of built on a hill what if this house is built into that slope? You can't really see it because you're you're on the ground. But what if it's just the foundation's awful? Things crack, things move. It's an appliance killer. It's a pipe killer. Mm -hmm. What if it's just that houses shouldn't have been built on that part of that property? Maybe they should have just left it as an open space or repurposed it and made it a park or something because a big, huge structure with a foundation could live there. It's also possible that it is separately haunted, not from anyone who supposedly committed suicide, but it could just have separate ghosts, separate demons. It could be a portal. Yeah. Okay, there might just be bad, like bad vibes in the house. Well, and the thing also is what constitutes a haunting. There are hauntings of, okay, this person passed away and now they are haunting this property. But... There could be hauntings of something horrible happened here and it's just in the walls and the walls have just soaked up all of that negative energy. Does it have to be that someone died or can it be something terrible happened? Yeah. Like a, like the destruction of a marriage or yeah. the end of a marriage. Can yeah. that be enough to make a house feel unlucky? I bet. And you know, also, so they say that it doesn't stay occupied very long. Maybe it's a coincidence also. Maybe it's just a bunch of coincidences. Like people who rent this house are also the kind of people who, if they need to leave for another opportunity, then they can. It's not like buying the house where, oh, I have so much money put into it. It's like if I'm renting the house, yes, I can break the lease and go if I need to. And maybe that happened more than once. And maybe it really is just a coincidence. They're like, oh, let's, let's move here. No, something came up and I got a job in California. Let me go. And I can't because I'm not buying this house. I'm renting. So they can just leave. You know what I mean? Like it might not be the property. It might just be a coincidence that these people who are renting, who are not tied down to property can leave whenever they need to. I just don't see 
how that many people would break a lease that many times. Well, how many people is it? How many people have you seen living in the house since you lived there? I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. Like, tell me the truth about the property. I don't understand. So I've never personally gone up and met any of those neighbors. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. They don't have a kid that's around the same age as my kid. Or they don't have a kid that goes up to the school bus with her. Because let me tell you, if you ever want to get to know your neighbors, have kids. Because they will meet and want to be over at people's houses and have people over at their house and do all that kind of stuff. Like, you will find out who your neighbors are. No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know. I'm thinking of all of the reasons why someplace would turn over and logically why that may not have anything to do with anything I've ever experienced, like brand new job in a different state Mm -hmm. or some family emergency and it lasts longer than two weeks. It has to be something. And the thing is, it's probably something super boring. It's probably something super mundane. And our minds are just like, oh, this place is haunted. Oh, excitement, (laughs) excitement, excitement. And it's like, this is the spooky chat podcast. So I think that's, we were kind of hoping for something spooky, ghost-wise, maybe yeah. demon-wise. But we aren't the only people. That's true. That's how an urban legend of, you know, this and this, this and this, yeah. people are always expecting the worst, and they always want the most outrageous thing. And this turned out to not be the worst or the most outrageous. I mean, it was. it's up there with the worst. Yeah. It's up there. But it's not the most outrageous either. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a way, if we could substantiate whether anyone has ever picked up a phantom hitchhiker. What do you mean? It's an urban legend. Oh, an urban, oh, okay. (laughs) Or like, what are other urban legends that you know? Or like, oh, the call is coming from inside the house. I just recently told that story to the twins. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're that aunt. (laughs) Well, there's a show, there's a Netflix documentary called Urban Legend. And it talks about several urban legends and where they came from. They came from actual news stories. And so it's not just that this is an urban legend. Like the guy in uh, Texarkana, the guy, I uh, forgot what the movie's called. It's the, the guy who struck at midnight or that the town that went to sleep at sundown. It was a guy. It's the, you know, how two lovers are making out. And they hear a scratch and they decide to go home. And then there's a hook for a hand. And yeah, yeah, all that. Or the killer's like right right back there chasing them. That actually happened. The the town who was afraid of sundown or the town after sundown. Somebody is out there and they are screaming this. But it actually happened. There was a serial killer in Texarkana. Oh my God. And he was preying on people that would go to a lover's lane. Or, and the lover's lane was like in a park area. So other people were there too, and they got hurt as well. Okay. I do not appreciate you creeping me out with this fucking <laughs> true urban legend. I do not appreciate it. Because I was like, oh, having fun. Oh, phantom hitchhikers. And then you come and bring in the truth, and now I'm scared. Like, legit. Well, just, I can't even say stay in your house because the call's coming from inside <laughs> the house. Thanks a lot. Uh, You're welcome. So urban legends are based in fact. They are based in fact. But it is a matter of what is the fact. Yeah. The incident at my grandpa's house, I'm still working on it Mm -hmm. because there was someone that was said to have committed suicide there as well. And I can't, I've got names and I've got death dates, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to find obituaries. I have not as of right now, but I can keep working on it 
This one will probably not get solved in a while. And then we're going to talk to your dad. Yes. About that house. Yes. That'll be a future episode. And then maybe if I find like a divorce decree or something, that'll end this episode. But I don't know. I We started this with a ghost story and we had hoped to find a ghost story. But instead we found the death of a marriage. And the making of an urban legend. If anyone is having thoughts of suicide or thoughts of self-harm, I think that you... I would really appreciate it, and I think it would be great if you would reach out to someone. The number to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, I think we gave it out last time. We did. We're going to do it again. 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Please reach out if you need help. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in for the Spooky Sprinkles, and thank you to Forrest Wilson for our music. Uh, find us on Instagram. We are spooky underscore chat underscore podcast on Instagram, and send us an email. At spooky chat podcast at gmail.com. I am so down about this episode. <laughs> this episode has messed her up. Um, I'm ready for it to be over. I think we can put it on the back burner for a while. Okay. Um, send us emails. Like, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know thoughts, opinions, no dick pics, any spooky stories you have. I'll take a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a dick pic. No sorry. thanks. No thanks. <laughs> Say that this is not wherever you do send dick pics. <laughs> I don't think they're ever really appropriate. I think if I think if you ask for them, hey, you want a dick pic? Sure. Then it's okay. For me, that's not gonna. I don't know. That's not. I think there's a way to work it into the sex scheme. Um, yes. Oh, also, I feel like spooky sprinkles. It's like a, a, like our podcast is a spooky cupcake. And then this is the spooky sprinkles on top. This is just like dessert. Can we just go and get some cake? Yes. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Stay safe, spooky babies. Okay, how about I just don't watch so much of Chip and Joanna games? Well, they're going off the air anyway. Yeah. Uh, Are you going to buy their stuff? Not anymore. You know what? I'm done. I'm not going to buy any more barnyard sheep. So cute, though. These are our problems. I think they're pretty good problems to have. Chip and Joanna, I wish you would change churches. Thank you. I love you, Drew and Jonathan. (laughs) Didn't one of them just get married? I think so. Oh, so he's a newlywed. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it's weird if you have a twin and your twin gets married, but you're not married yet? No. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there are twins out there where one's married and one isn't. But do you feel like you're losing a bond with your other person? No. You know what? Okay. We should ask our friend who's a twin if sometimes she feels when things are happening to her twin. Who's a twin? (gasps) I feel like it's different with boy and girl twins. Well, I know sometimes she said oh, he's about to call, and he'll call, but... And he didn't text her to tell her I'm about to call? Uh-uh. Or, oh or like, God. it's just stuff like that, but they don't have, like, a, oh, he's hurt. They don't have that kind of thing. It's just kind of like, I wonder what he's up to. Oh, he's calling. Which I think that happens to a lot of people, though. Yeah. You don't have to be twins. So, I mean, they used to be womb mates, but... That's true. <laughs> womb mates. <laughs> but now, I don't know. I bet about being twins. What do they think? When they were little, he used to talk for like she wouldn't talk. And so that's why they put them in separate classes. 
That's right. They had their own like little language. Yep. That's right. I was trying to get to them. Do you though? I do. I don't know. It seems like it would be a lot to handle. I feel like it's that Gemini thing. Unless it's a crazy, like, Kathy and Lorraine twin. Oh, my God. Okay, you guys were working on a book for book club, and Monica sent me this Christopher Pike book. It is in-fucking-sane. And I'm not even in the first hundred pages. I don't think I've crossed the first hundred pages. Oh, my God. It's too much. So, hopefully, we're going to bring you a book review by Christmas. It's about zombies from Mars. Wait, zombies or vampires? Oh, wait, vampires. Okay, because I can't do zombies. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give it to uh, David and he's going to tell me. He couldn't even read it. I gave it to him years ago. Are you serious? I've never had anyone to talk about this book with. Oh my God. Well, we're going to chit chat because Gary's story. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And I don't even understand Terry. Really, I have a picture in my head of what he looks like and it's not a good one. I don't have a picture. I mean, I guess I'm comparing him to Gary. Like, I feel like Gary's like. Chris Evans attractive? Uh, no! Yeah! No! Yes! He's like a dreamy... Child, please. Like, okay, physically, he's like very cute. And then you get to know him and he's like kind of a jerk. Gary, the pilot. Yeah, and I straight off, I was like, I do not like this man. Straight off. When Christopher Pike, there's one part where he describes him. Now we're getting into the book club. So you guys, just stay tuned. Read, so- read the season of Passage by Christopher Pike if you... Need something to read. Yes, and we're going to talk about it hopefully before 2019. Yeah. We'll see.